Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. This week, we are talking all about making data front of mind, specifically how data has moved for many organizations from the back office function to a front office opportunity. Opportunity being one of those words that I think we're going to hear a lot in this episode. Now, to do just that, I am very excited to be joined by Pornima Ramaswari, who is the EVP of Global Partnerships and Chief of Staff to the CEO for Click. Now, if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Pornima before, just a few intro facts to get you up to speed. She's been with Click since February 2020. And uh, she's also worked prior to that in Cognizant as VP of AI and Analytics. Now, if you can't find her at her work desk, your best bet would be to head outdoors where she'll be training for her next half marathon or listening to her latest audiobook. Welcome to uh, the show, Pornima. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you, Kat. You are most welcome. Well, see, I love an audiobook as well. And I had to get over this misconception that it's not real reading because I had this thing that's, oh, it's not real reading. But actually, I feel I take much more in in that way. What's uh, What's been the latest thing you've listened to? So I just, uh, um, I finished a book by John Grisham called The Judges List. It was uh, very interesting. It is about how uh, there's this organization. I didn't know there were such organizations, but there are organizations that actually, um, you know, look at judge judge conduct to mm. see if there is any uh, misbehavior if you may or misdemeanor by judges and then there's a separate process that runs uh, you know in parallel so there's this agency in florida that's actually um, you know gets a case uh, and uh, of a judge who's actually been a serial killer <laughs> for 17 plus years or 20 oh, wow. so it is a very interesting story but again the underlying theme was how they piece together the story and the, the data because you know this judge has commits of course fiction committed crime across multiple states and how uh, this agency looks at data across and how the judge has escaped scrutiny uh, by using data effectively as well so i love that it, it's a very interesting book yeah, I bet. So I'm not actually, I, well, that's a lie. I was about to say I've not listened to any fictional audiobooks, but I did actually listen to um, uh, Wind in the Willows. I don't know if you, you've ever heard a very famous book here in, in uh, Britain. It's a children's book, actually. It was very, very good uh, as audiobook. But uh, I can imagine that was quite an intense listen. But I love how you've segued me so nicely into talking about data there and how actually that this bigger picture, and I think that's going to be something we talk about a lot today, right, about how data itself has moved into the big business, uh, big picture of business, rather. But before we end up in the weeds of that, because there is a temptation to jump straight in, I think what would be better for our listeners, Pornima, is if you can set the scene and tell me a bit about your role within Click and what you find yourself doing. Sure. Um, thank you. Thanks once again for the opportunity. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Uh, I joined Click, like you mentioned, two years back. I report into the, uh, uh, the CEO, Mike Capone, um, and I'm a part of the leadership team. 
Uh, I am Mike Capone's chief of staff uh, as we are moving more strategically in terms of forward-looking strategies. Uh, but another critical role that I play uh, within the uh, Click uh, uh, exec leadership team is to take care of all of our ecosystem partners. Uh, Click, as you're aware, is an independent, one of the only independent data and analytics platform company. So we do both data integration, real-time data integration uh, at that and uh, analytics, advanced analytics and BI reporting, including auto ML and AI ML. So we are a product company with these two portfolios, bringing it together uh, and uh, our ecosystem partners are very key. So this is mm. the global system integrators, the solution providers that we have, we've got about 1,400 amazing solution providers that we work with. And uh, very importantly, all of the cloud vendors and the hyperscalers like AWS, Microsoft, Google, Snowflake, Databricks, and so on. So I take care of the ecosystem uh, strategy and help drive the ecosystem to be an extended arm of Click to increase our reach, uh, our market reach and market penetration as well to help our customers in their uh, journey and maximize the opportunity of using data and, and, uh, and uh, analytics. That's the first use of the term opportunity. Yeah, I, I sh we should keep a tally because I think, I mean, it, opportunity naturally weaves its way into this conversation, but specifically what we're talking about today, I think it is absolutely there. So thank you for, for setting us up there nicely about who you are and kind of wh where you're coming from. Now, when we last caught up and we were having a bit of a chit chat, you mentioned to me that a big trend that you're noticing is that data is becoming the priority or is becoming itself in the priority list for CEOs rather than CIOs. And I think that's something that I've been seeing myself as well, is that it's bleeding into, into the board. Tell me a little bit more about this observation that you, from the perspective that you've seen it. Sure, so uh, when I joined the industry and I've been, uh, I'm passionate about data and analytics. I think about myself as a uh, management consultant in the analytics and data space. Um, you know, um, and since the time I, joined the industry and have been tracking this industry, which is about 23 plus years ago, uh, data has always been important for every business organization. But the level of importance changed over time. It mm -hmm. was always amongst the top five important priorities for the IT organizations, for the chief information officers, right? It used to be called decision support systems when I first started and then management support systems and so on, right? The name changed, the terminology, terminology changed, but the first 15 years, it was the CIO's uh, priority and it was more about looking back, understanding where the, what, what's happening in the business, what happened. Uh, it was considered back office, a critical back office, um, you know, arsenal for businesses. But then over time, it uh, became important for CEOs as, a tool for driving innovation mm -hmm. at, as a core part of businesses. So driving business strategy, in fact, becoming core to business strategy, uh, core to products and services, to productize or serviceize products and so on, right? Um, identifying new markets, identifying opportunities to create new products, um, I, you know, identifying opportunities to reduce risk uh, and take action and so on. But so it moved from back office to front office, which means it became one of the top five priorities for the CEO. Mm. And now it's become a board conversation. 
it's not just on the fringes, it's becoming critical, uh, a, a critical topic in both conversations. Uh, so digital and data always go hand in hand. Um, so that's been my observation. One other small um, aspect to this is if you think about digital itself, it's all about personalizations, improving uh, personalization, improving customer experience, creating new products, entering new markets, and all of that that I spoke about. Uh, but what creates personalization and improved customer experience is understanding, uh, understanding people, understanding consumers, understanding companies, markets, and so on. Data becomes key to that. Mm -hmm. Without data, it's an analog business. You're going to have static web pages. You're going to have static experiences, right? 100%. So data is front and center of, or the uh, the fulcrum of uh, what we call as digital. Right. Without data, there is no digital in my my view. No, I 100% I agree. And I think it's so interesting you say about if you think about uh, websites and, and experiences you have, which aren't clearly data driven, they stand out so much more now. I think because we're so used to the Amazons and Googles of the world that actually if you do have a very analog business, especially post COVID, it really sticks out. And, and you kind of you, you choose you choose your experiences that just thinking here in the UK and I'm not really sure what's going on in the US I've not actually spoken to anyone in the US about it but we're having this energy crisis at the moment mm -hmm. and it's really really being seen um, with, with the interactions you're having with your providers those who are quite analog and, and um, mm -hmm. running off of legacy and how they're interacting with their customers versus uh, the, the ones who are far more innovative with their uses of, of personalization and, and the level of experience you're getting at an incredibly stressful time for people um, and it, that was just one of the, the examples that sticks top of mind to me at the moment of, of as you say that that analog versus digital now when it comes to the CEO caring about data and I'm careful with how I say that actually because I don't think personally CEOs care about data they care about what you were saying earlier they care about personalization they care about mm -hmm. innovation data is just the means of achieving those things what are the implications that you're seeing with data being focused on by the CEO or rather that agenda being pushed? Do you think it's easier to get budget than it's ever been before or is it harder or there more different challenges? Kind of what are you seeing as, a, as an implication to this, this cultural shift? So the interesting thing is, so the good part of it is CEOs understand the importance of harnessing data and uh, leveraging the power of what data can bring to their business, right? Now, um, it does not mean CEOs really understand what that really means in terms of getting to that end goal or making data a core part of their, their business strategy uh, and being able to have, you know, uh, get their arms around it, right? So they still lean on uh, technology uh, teams to help them understand this. But that is the first opportunity for CEOs to actually understand what it really means and get down to the next level because many a times I see this disconnect between goals and aspirations versus reality, mm -hmm. because there is an aspiration to become data-driven, to become innovative, to uh, you know, become digital um, and, and you know, uh, improve customer experience and so on. But the investment, the effort that's required to get there is still not at that same pace uh, of uh, understanding and then thereby approval, if you may, right? So, you know, because most organizations, I'd say about 80% of organizations in the business world still live in uh, this world of old 
you know, legacy systems, mm-hmm. legacy technology, uh, technology debt that they're grappling with while having to modernize that, also pivoting to the new and taking advantage of all of the vast amounts of data that's available externally um, and in adjacent industries uh, that are in different forms and formats to be able to combine it with all of the uh, critical, important, and vast amounts of data that they're churning out every day as a part of their business fuel as well, right? So you're trying to clean up, you're trying to improve, while at the same time, you're trying to innovate. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like you can just shut down the old and say, I'm going to do everything new, that that's not practically (laughs) possible, that's not advisable either. Right. So that's where I think most uh, chief data officers, CIOs, um, you know, have, uh, you know, are continuing to work, invest in in investing in trying to get the board and the CEOs to understand what that journey should look like and make sure they can get buy in across, you know, through that uh, journey. Are you wanting to meet with other senior executives in the data and analytics space in an environment that is created for connection and inspiration? then why not join one of our in-person conferences? We have events all over the world, and you can find out the ones closest to you by visiting careniumintelligence.com slash events. A hundred percent. Now, we've we've got an upcoming event, the Business of Data Festival, which is going to be in July. And one of the sessions actually makes me think of it because one of the sessions I've actually titled Telling the CEO No, beginning your data role and actually how so many leaders are in this position, as you say, where they've got to actually set the expectations and in every every way, monetary, uh, time, resources, what you've actually got to build on. If you've got a whole heap of legacy, messy data, chances are you're not going to be able to do something really cool for for a fair amount of time unless you're going to put uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars into that. And I think it's such a powerful, powerful thing to be able to go into the board and say, what do you want to achieve understanding that and then giving back what it what it's required uh, to do that successfully because I think that is also part of this as well and it's so funny I was gonna I was gonna interrupt you and say do you think it's because they don't understand and you, you said it right there that they may not necessarily understand the the things they need to ask of the data teams and the IT teams to achieve what they need to achieve as well uh, which I which I do uh, find very interesting now I'm always very keen when I have someone like you, Pornima, to, to join the, the podcast. I'm always keen to pick on what you're hearing with your customers as well, because uh, you work very, very closely with them. So I would love to know, with this movement of data from the back end to the front end, what are the opportunities that your customers are looking to capitalize on by really embracing this data-drivenness, uh, as we as we say it? So... Interestingly, I'll also tie it back to the point on the CEO and the board, uh, how to help them understand, you know, what the journey uh, means as such, right, is uh, for uh, the uh, the data teams and the analytics teams to also move data from just being more about strategic decisions, but taking it down into operation in, in terms of driving operational decisions. So if data teams can uh, actually, um, you know, not just look at like the the one year out or the two year out decisions and power those decisions through data, today we are seeing so much of our customers finding success in getting that buy-in 
from exec leadership team and boards when they are impacting um, actual operational decisions in the field and making the entire organization up and down the chain more data informed, more data driven, mm. and driving that culture. And just as an example, we've got uh, uh, quite a few customers in the retail industry, like Urban Outfitters uh, or Samsung, um, you know, Samsung uh, UK, especially the electronics. Mm. Uh, 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 you know, division of Samsung, which is a big part of their business. Um, just, you know, during COVID and uh, uh, at the, in the early stages of COVID, recognizing that it was important to take action based on real-time events that were happening, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because no one had any, any experience in their lifetime of how to react and respond, yeah. right? Everyone has uh, business continuity plans, but none of the business, con most business continuity plans uh, don't factor in that 99% of the world will shut down at the same time. Oh, exactly right. I I'm just going to say it now. If any organization had under their files how to deal with a global pandemic that is going to shut down, no, no I'd be like, okay, that person is the person we need to follow for, for business advice and books. But yeah. you are so right. Nobody did. Right. And so it was it was less about what should my three year strategy be? It was more about how do I keep my stores open? How do I make sure that my, uh, you know, my in-store employees actually know how to navigate this because you're changing the nature of your store to become fulfillment and demand centers. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was, uh, you know, one of our customers, uh, you know, like I said, Urban Outfitters and Samsung UK, for instance, very similar journeys where they said we need to provide operational KPI support to the store managers and the people who were stocking the shelves for them to know what to stock, when to stock, and uh, you know, um, understand what impact is going to happen, is, you know, what impact their actions are going to uh, take in terms of driving store KPIs. Mm -hmm. and understand the impact of supply chain bottlenecks that were developing on a day-by-day -day basis. Right. So that became really key. And those are the kinds of operational decisions that every organization needed to power through data because data was the only constant during COVID. And even now, I'd say, right, as we are getting out of pandemic and getting into endemic. But there are other events that have surprised people. Right. Like the, you know, the Suez Canal stuff, the fires in California. Right. Now, the gas shortages that you're talking about. Right. The energy shortage. And how do you respond to that inflation? So how do you actually do um, what of scenarios, but based on real time data on events that are just unfolding in the world and how do you respond, react, not just at a strategic level, but down at the store level, down at the factory floor level and so on. And that's what customers are looking for. Back to your question. And that for me, is such a great example of why we need to avoid this cookie cutter approach because I love you, you mentioned the two brands there, Urban Outfitters and Samsung. Now they will have experienced a very different time during the pandemic if I'm just gonna kind of think about my relation to both brands. Samsung, I might be ringing up to say, I now need a work phone because I no longer am in the office and I need a separate phone for GDPR reasons. Urban Outfitters, I might be thinking, I'm definitely not walking in their shop because it's not of a risk to me, I'm gonna now move my business online. So the, the two different relationships I as a consumer would have with those brands require different strategic movements of those brands. And right. I think that's so key when it comes to data driven. I think 
there can be this misconception that it's one journey that we're all aiming for, but it's so many, it's thousands and billions of different journeys that are all getting towards the same goal of this digital transformation, data-driven type words. But what that actually means in organizations is very different. And I think that's where it comes to now knowing your own data and your own journey. And again, coming looping back to what we were saying earlier about having those difficult questions sometimes with the board of what is success to you where do you want to go what innovations do you want to capitalize on right now absolutely and and i'll add another point in terms of the journey right a store manager is not getting up every day and saying i need five reports they are basically mm -hmm. saying i need to know who you know what kind of customers can i attract or what kind of products i think are going to move today so how do i plan for it can I become more competitor, competitive in my zip code relative to other stores from my brand or relative to other stores from other brands? That's mm -hmm. what they're looking for. So they want it to be easy for them to get those answers in their fingertips when those moments are happening. So that's what we call as in the moment decision making. But also reports and dashboards are not the only form factor that they're looking for. They want an alert when they're running out of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, an item that they, you know, the, that uh, they've been stocking and it's going well, and they want that alert not after they've run out of stock, but like two days before they are potentially going to run, run out of stock, right? So how do you make it easy for that, that role's journey? It's not a common journey, even, uh, you know, at an operational level or a strategic mm -hmm. level. So how do you define those various journeys and then, then deliver on the experiences that you're talking about as a, as a consumer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then when you get that right, you can then start adding in the complexities of non-traditional data sets as well. And the fact that I, I'm inspired by, I'll, I'll say it for the listeners, because obviously they can't see you at Ponyma, but you've got your Earth Day background on and just thinking mm -hmm. about these social events that people actually really hold their values to now. And they really uh, want to see brands living at those values so that they can be attracted to them and partner with them. Uh, so it's so nice to see that Click's got this, this gorgeous banner uh, in front of uh, uh, me right now. But thinking about those data sets of perhaps, you know, what can we understand from uh, NLP data uh, for online, those sentiments, how can that be weaved into a report that says, actually, this is trending right now. I'm thinking of kind of, again, retails on the on the mind. That can be incredibly powerful to, to speak so directly to your consumers in, in a very personalized way. But that can only really happen if you've got the basics, right? Yep. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, like you said, it's, it's uh, purpose. It's personal, it's process, and then profit for most organizations. Mm -hmm. So how do you live and breathe that across the spectrum, not just at upper management, but across the spectrum and deliver on that uh, and you know live that life for your customers every day, right? So that's, and that can be done only by using data and embedding different kinds of data and leveraging different kinds of data uh, to be able to uh, you know, to uh, deliver on that promise, if you may. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, uh, I always think of, of different people I know who listen to the podcast and kind of what they would want to ask you in this position. And so I've got to ask it, this, this transition that we're seeing from data from the back end to the front end, what are your customers seeing or what are they what, what are the challenges regarding privacy governance, all of the kind of the, the, the grassrooty stuff in a sense of that's become more complex, I imagine, right? Or is it still for the mass majority still living with data teams and, and kind of uh, growing out from there or centralized, decentralized? What, what are you seeing in, in that way? 
So um, customers, this is an age old problem. It's a foundational need. It's a foundational, you know, uh, uh, I'd say uh, it's central to every organization that they need to put those controls in place. But how do you actually create controls without stifling innovation, mm -hmm. right? So how do you create a little more of a, um, self-directed uh, framework for organizations to allow for innovation at the frontline level, at the middle management level, uh, without um, you know, without uh, giving away the keys to the kingdom and uh, losing sleep over risk and regulation, right? Yeah. So um, that's what most organizations are struggling with. And uh, there is no silver bullet to this, mm -hmm. right? So, but you've got technology can again come to your aid uh, where you can actually allow for innovation uh, to explore data and understand the value of new types of data. And especially on a real time basis, that's something that we are increasingly seeing a big demand for in terms of you know, being able to access new types of data in real time, explore that data, understand the value that that data can provide in giving more meaningful insights on a real time basis. Mm -hmm. And how can you allow for that kind of innovation in a less controlled environment before you can move it into more, a more controlled environment, which is like a governed, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a lot more governed production kind of, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ecosystem. So that's where I think organizations are going to say, you know, not everything needs to be governed from the beginning. You need light governance to be able to understand the value of data, explore, innovate. And then at a time when you think that there is value and you can get better insights, more real-time insights, you know, through mobile, through alerts and so on and so forth, you then move it into a more uh, production-like uh, uh, ecosystem. But that journey can be seamless for the, for the users of that, those insights because you're actually allowing to use some of those learnings to change direction of the business while you're giving that time for IT to, to move this into a more controlled environment. So it's finding that balance. It's not easy. It's easy to say about, talk about <laughs> it. It's not easy to do. Uh, but there is technology that's help, helping today. Like catalogs are, you know, uh, there are a lot of catalogs. Click has a catalog as well, for instance, which allows you to understand that data, understand who's using it, what are they using it for, and then propagate the use of that kind of data once some team has found use for it in other teams so that you're not reinventing the wheels, so you're cutting down the time while you're also making it easy to then move it into a more controlled governed environment. Yeah, I mean, that could be the caption of this podcast. It's easy to say, it's really hard to do. Exactly. <laughs> all, of, all of the episodes that we, we cover here for Niva, for, for sure. Uh, but but yeah, very, very uh, uh, big challenges there and it's, it's interesting actually you mentioned about kind of the different uh, capabilities that you guys have at Click to, to enable uh, that and it's it's interesting kind of that sandbox to to production mindset and I know there's varying opinions on, on how this works and again as you say there's no silver bullet so for some organizations it makes sense for others it doesn't um, but I do think governance has has a pretty bad rap still for stifling innovation so it's a case of how can you do both uh, successfully and not not end up uh, uh, losing out to, to one or, or the other. Now, we've only got a, a few more minutes here, Ponima. Now, 
every episode I always end on this final question because I find uh, our, our listeners do really love it which is if you had to pick one or two takeaways from our conversation that we've had today things that you'd love our listeners to be thinking about as they finish the episode and go off into their day what would those be? So one thing I know we didn't speak about is, is uh, AIML, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. There is a lot of opportunity with AIML today that uh, uh, you know businesses can benefit out of, but nothing can work in a silo. Uh, and what I'm increasingly also seeing is that uh, you know, we speak about citizen data scientists, we speak about AIML all in different contexts and uh, in, uh, you know, in uh, different forums, but end of the day, it's a continuum. What businesses are trying to do is get more value out of data, take right, the right decisions at the right moment, uh, you know, and increasingly in real time uh, and take action. So, you know, I'd say think about this as a continuum. How do you actually advance the use of data uh, from look back to look forward, which is what most organizations want to do because you want to prepare your businesses mm -hmm. and not react, but pro be proactive in your decision making. The second thing is the people factor. It's, uh, you know, while technology is important, it's uh, fascinating and it, there's a lot of possibility uh, possibilities in uh, in uh, uh, you know uh, getting advantage and taking benefit out of data. If you don't enable people and take them along the journey, technology is just going to be a fine tool that does not have a good uh, you know user for it, and you're going to see a lot of accidents, right? So uh, enabling people, data literacy is what we call it. It's about enabling people to understand the power of what data can do make them feel comfortable using data to make decisions and understand what the data is saying is very critical, mm, I right? Like that. I so like that. I, I'd li like to leave the audience with that, that you know, uh, all the advanced technology is fascinating, but think about it as a continuum. How mm. do you go from one, how do you progress to the next journey rather than just saying this, you know, their BI is in one end, analytics is in one end, end and AIML is, more esoteric and only for a few. That never works because then the business is not benefiting out of the technology. And then if you don't empower people, uh, you can only go so far with uh, technology and data. 100%. Well, Ponyva, it's been absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you today. And I think uh, this is certainly a discussion we could uh, continue having for sure. But uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch up very soon. Yes, it was uh, very nice chatting with you too, Kat. I hope we can meet in person soon. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs, and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.